0: This episode of The Startup Life is tucked in nice and tight by Philip Stein and the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet. Startup Nation, getting quality sleep is super important, especially for those of us as entrepreneurs. I know for me, if I don't get enough quality sleep, not only do I not perform well while working in my business or exercising, but also it really affects my mental health and that doubt starts to creep in. And that's the last thing we want as entrepreneurs. Also with everything going on, good quality sleep is important to repair the body and support a good immune system. And that is why, Startup Nation, I wear the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet. The Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet uses natural frequency technology to reinforce our biomagnetic field to improve deep sleep, length of sleep, and overall sleep quality. This helps produce a healthier heart, regulate weight control, and help strengthen the immune system, which helps destroy bacteria and viruses. Right now, when you go to philipstein.com, use code SLEEPEZ and you will get 10% off the entire store. That's promo code SLEEP, capital E, capital Z. So if you are ready to be more productive in leading your business, go with the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet, proven to be natural and safe to give you a better, deeper sleep. It's time to be about that life. The Startup Life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, if you're a fan of, of, of startups and entrepreneurship innovations, then you are very familiar with what's going on in Israel. They have been a, a force when it comes to startups, the entrepreneurial mindset, uh, many technological uh, innovations, so on and so forth, and which is why I'm so happy to have today's guest on the show today to kind of talk about that and more. He is a venture capitalist and angel investor. He has been featured in Entrepreneur, The Real Deal, The Times of Israel, and more. And he's here to talk about his his newest book, The Unstoppable Startup, Mastering Israel's Secret Rules of Hutzpah. He is Yuri Adoni. Yuri, how's it going, my man? All right. Thank you. How are you? Uh, I can't complain, brother. I can't complain. I really am glad to have you on the show. You know what? We could really use your help. So can, are you ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? Sure. we will do my best. All right. So if you would, just kind of start with your origin story, your background a little bit, if you don't mind, Yuri. Uh,
1: sure. Um, I've been in the last uh, probably almost 13 years, I've been a partner in a JVP, uh me, jp media labs jvp is a uh, venture capital one of the largest in israel it's right. a 1.4 billion dollar under management with uh over 20 billion dollar in uh total ve- exit value mm-hmm. um you know ipos in nasdaq uh, mnas many companies that never made it you know the whole vc story right um and uh, and it's i think the interesting part of the the fund is that uh it's a multi-stage fund. So we did it all the way from seed stage to late stage and
0: gotcha.
1: growth. And also we've done, uh, some kind of, um, uh, physical ecosystem building in Israel, whether it's in Jerusalem or Be'er Sheva, uh, where we actually, you know, uh, had this physical place, uh, uh, where we had our offices and restaurants and, uh, um, and, you know, entertainment and things like that, uh, hotels, et cetera. So it's like also uh, uh, one of my passions is kind of eco, e- ecosystem building, so to speak. For sure. Um, and that's what I've been doing actually in the last year, done that uh, in, in a couple of places in the U.S. And uh, prior to that, I was uh, running MSN, Microsoft Networks, in Israel for about right. six, seven years. Um, so I'm kind of almost 20 years in the tech business, uh, I would say.
0: For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing. I want to ask you this. What is it? Because, you know, Israel produces a lot of very successful uh, startups. What is it about the startup culture there in Israel that just makes it uh, just kind of really producing these amazing startups, these amazing companies and these just amazing technological advances?
1: Um, Well, it's 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 a good question. Some of it I'm trying to answer in my book, but I think sure any any kind of um, productive ecosystem has uh, probably six pillars, uh, which is the talent, you know, capital, right. multinationals, government support in some way or another, academia, and uh, entrepreneurial culture. And uh, I think in Israel we have all these pillars, but I think the culture is actually what makes the difference. Mm. It's, uh, it's about risk-taking. It's about how we treat failure. And above all, what I believe, it's uh, it's our Israeli chutzpah, which is known for better or worse. It has negative sides, positive, positive sides. Right. But I think that's kind of an edge that we have uh, culturally that uh, enables us to kind of have a mindset um, that, it's in some ways is different than other uh, geographies and other ecosystems around the world.
0: For sure, for sure. And Startup Nation, that book is the Unstoppable Startup. Once again, the mastering Israel's secret rules of Chutzpah. and that book is available today. If you're listening to the replay on the podcast, uh, that link is there in the show notes for easy access to purchase. So, Uri, if you don't mind me asking, man, what made you write this book, and why now? It's uh, it was kind of a process
1: because uh, there were I, I had the opportunity to talk in all sorts of um, international, uh, you know, events right. and, uh, and conferences. And there were many delegations of, uh, of people coming to Israel, whether it's governments or cities or uh, investors. And they all came kind of to hear about the secret sauce, which I'm not sure anybody knows exactly uh, what it is, but, you know, to, to, to see what we're after. Uh, and uh, whenever I was talking about this cultural element, I, fa- I, I found that people really w- were interested to learn more. Right. Uh, and, and so I thought that maybe the secret sauce, um, you know, humbly, if I can uh, have my hypothesis, would be this uh, um, entrepreneurial culture that we have and this chutzpah element that we have. And so as I was talking about I thought, you know, I should, try to maybe share some of this, uh, you know, with the startup uh, kind of community around the world and some of my experiences with startups. And mainly I've interviewed a lot of uh, successful entrepreneurs who told their kind of behind-the-scenes stories that that were never told before and kind of shared their, you know... not just the—it's not just about the nice picture when you exit your company, but right. all about the hard and the and the challenges and the hurdles you have on the way, and how to overcome them. Um, and above all, it's a—it's a mindset that you have to have. Uh, when driving a startup
0: for sure no and and that mindset you know is just so critical startup nation we talk about that uh all the time now in your book you, you talk about you know the the six principles of chutzpah you have you know you know from challenge of reality and the status quo and you have you know uh bend the rules but one of the ones i was very interested in was show don't tell who the uh, rule number six kind of talk about that yeah. in minute, <laughs> yeah. if you don't mind yeah
1: Yeah, so it's. uh, I think that uh, whenever you meet startups, uh, there's a lot of, uh, in many cases, you have a lot of uh, waving of hands and, you know, people saying things that they will do and they will uh, make. And, you know, you you may believe that they will uh, achieve it or not. Right. But the best thing is just to demonstrate your technology because that nobody can argue when it's working. Right. And, uh, and uh, for example, ThetaRay is a company, it's an anomaly detection kind of uh, technology that enables to take very, very big chunks of data and to find anomalies within this data in very, you know, in, in seconds. Right. And uh, there are all sorts of applications, whether it's cyber or f- uh, financial applications to find anomalies in loans and things like that. And uh, the way they sell their kind of technology is they they just go let's say a bank and they say you know give us the data whatever data you want we don't care what the data is you plant some kind of some anomalies in there we won't know what a, what they are and you know uh, lo and behold we. Our black box, or 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 and the the magic happens, right? And you know, we give them the, we show them that we know how to identify these uh, anomalies. In some cases, we the the company actually showed uh, identified anomalies that they even didn't know uh, that they were in the data. So when you do that, you know, it's it's that's it. You know, you have you have very uh, good chances of of a sale. Uh, You know, cybersecurity companies uh, do it. Uh, many times when they go to a company and show the breach they have and just show to, you know, healthcare and say, you know, I have all the records of your clients. That's not a good thing. Uh, if I could have, if I have the access to that, I'm a friendly uh, kind of a partner, but uh, there may be some non-friendly uh, hackers that uh, can, right. ha- can have access to that. And when right. you show that, it's very powerful. It's just, you know, you don't have to tell any stories. You don't have to Your deck doesn't have to be too long. It's just very powerful. So I think that uh, any startup should have some kind of, uh, you know, an MVP, a minimum viable product that demonstrates the core technology. It doesn't have to have all the UI and the UX and, you know, the the buttons and the features. But if you can actually demonstrate the core technology that you have, Mm -hmm. that's very powerful. And it helps not only with fundraising, but also later with selling your your solution.
0: For sure. Thank you for sharing that. Now, uh, forgive me, I'm going to be real American real quick because, you know, I, I know a lot of times that, you know, we're kind of taught, you know, a lot of times in the States when we're talking about entrepreneurship that we have to get people excited about it. We got to drum up the excitement, drum up the interest and stuff like that. And, and so how do you find that balance? Right. Because, you, I mean, you definitely want to like, you know, I know you want to show and you want to pr- you know have that proof of concept, have that minimum viable product. Uh, but how do you have that balance between doing that, but also drumming up interest as well? Um, I think that it cannot be
1: an artificial thing. Okay. Uh, this drumming enough. up should come up from from your passion. Okay. And uh, you know, as a venture capitalist, I can tell you that uh, sometimes, uh, you know, people' perception is that you know venture capitalists or investors are all about Excel sheets and numbers, and it's not it's not really accurate. Right. Uh, when you sit with the with a company, you look at one of the main thing you want to see is the passion in the in the eyes of the entrepreneurs, uh, and this is something that uh, it's um, it's, it's very hard to fake. It's like, That's you know, fair. um, it's like an American idol. You don't know what, what's in it <laughs> in this singer, but it works for you. You know, they have it, whatever it is. It's the same with entrepreneurs. So I think that the the main thing, obviously you don't have to go, don't go, don't build a startup if you're not passionate about it. Fair That's enough. for sure. Right. But the thing is that with time, uh, you kind of, uh, uh, you may, with you know, as long as you go and you do all these presentations, um, this, this passion may uh, kind of uh, diminish a bit, right? And uh, you should be aware of that. So, whenever you're in a meeting, uh, whether you're pitching your company or uh, to investors or in a, to a, a potential client, try to find this, you know, passion within yourself. Once you're there, that's it. You don't have to drum up anything because this passion it, it's it's contagious. That's people right. want to ride on this passion of yours, whether it's your investors, whether it's uh, you know employees that you want to hire, uh, whether it's uh, you know channels or partners or any other people that uh, you're engaging with. So, I think drumming up on your passion would be probably the best thing that you can do. Gotcha.
0: You know, and that makes a lot of sense, right? You know, because we do have a lot of people who. Uh, they they get into the startup culture and they want to start a business and I'm not saying that it's for uh, you know un, you know impure reasons or anything like that but it's not really a passion of theirs they're more passionate about the the ambiance and the circumstance and the topical stuff as opposed to the uh the real uh, nuts and bolts of the idea so i definitely understand that thank you for sharing that yuri sure no worries no worries once again startup nation we're talking to yuri adoni the author of the unstoppable startup mastering israel's secret rules of chutzpah and once again startup nation that book is available today if you're listening to the replay on the podcast that link is there in the show notes for easy access. I want to ask you about another chapter you have in the book, Yuri, cuz I thought that was interest, interesting as well. It's towards the end of the book where you talk about first we take Jerusalem, then we take New York. Talk about that a little bit. That's I thought that was a little <laughs> interesting as well.
1: Yeah, uh so uh JVP as I mentioned, uh, it's uh it's kind of a unique fund in Israel because it's uh uh, the fund doesn't sit in one of, um, you know, a fancy office in Tel Aviv, but rather uh, we have offices in Jerusalem, in Beersheba, which is a city in, in, in the south of uh, Israel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the idea there in this chapter is to show that uh, when, when you're active uh, as a venture capital, you should be involved also in the community that you're sitting in. It's not just about you know investing in startups and you know in some high tech village or whatever or, or, or a fancy building. It's more than that. You should uh, be involved in the culture of the city. You should be involved in the uh, nonprofit of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should contribute uh, from you know your knowledge to the city and 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 and, and maybe philanthropy as well. And uh, and the idea is that. Um, you build this ecosystem, uh, what I call. Right. Uh, Be'er Sheva is another is a, is a nice example because it's a city in south of Israel which you know was never associated with high tech. It's kind of a desert city. It's not that far. It's like an hour from Tel Aviv, but perceived very far because it's kind of a, a location in the desert. Right. And uh, we've kind of built this together with the city and the university there, Ben Gurion University. Kind of a, 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 an ecosystem around cybersecurity, um, and so that was, and you know, we packaged it well and we uh, marketed well, and 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 really caught on really fast. And then you know, the city of New York came, and uh, and that was led by uh, the chairman uh, of the fund, Ariel Margalit, and, and the partner Yoav Suya, who led that uh, effort in New York and built this hub uh, in the heart of New York. Uh, kind of collaborating with the city and with the universities of New York and other partnerships uh, to create this uh, kind of also kind of a cyber ecosystem and positioning New York and kind of a cyber heart uh, uh, of the world. So uh, I think it's kind of a journey all the way from Jerusalem to other cities in Israel, all the way to New York. Um, and the, and again, on a personal level, I, I've uh, I've been uh, doing some stuff, you know, in Miami, in New Jersey, and other cities around the world. So the idea of uh, of taking this experience of uh, ecosystem building and how you uh, um, you know choose the vertical you want to focus on and how you build the right partnerships and how you attract the right investors and the right talent and collaborating with the right universities right. Uh, and having incentives from the government, etc. Uh, so this kind of knowledge uh, and experience is something that we, we like to export also uh, from our knowledge outside
0: of Israel. Got you know, A quick follow up, because I, I wanted to ask you this, you know, how much of a role uh, does government play? Can government play uh, in the startup culture there in Israel?
1: Uh, very much so. I think okay. the government, you know, all the way, if we look at the 90s, uh, they started, there was a program called the OZMA program, which was uh, it's called, it's actually initiative in, in Hebrew, uh, that, uh, that started the VC uh, industry. They gave to, any if you brought $12 million, the government, government will give you another eight. Mm-hmm. So it kind of had 10 VCs started back in 93. Actually, JVP was one of them. And, um, and so that was kind of the kickoff. Uh, in Israel, there's uh, something called the Israeli Innovation Authority, okay. which is part of the Ministry of Economy and has a large budget of hundreds of millions of dollars every year. And it has all sorts of programs to support startups all the way from very early pre-seed to seed A and late stage uh, supporting innovation. Uh, it's a very, very uh, kind of startup-friendly uh, program. So it's kind of a risk-free loan. So, for example, in an incubator, you get like $500,000 from the government. And if you don't make it, you don't have to pay back. If you do, you pay like 3% from future revenues, et cetera. So it's a very good deal. Gotcha. There's all sorts of incentives for multinationals. So to attract the multinational into the country, incentives for... Um, uh, investors, uh, all sorts of tax in, in incentives, etc. So, I think the government role can actually uh, is is important. Uh, I think it creates jobs, obviously. So, Absolutely. I think it's a it's 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 an important thing for the government to have. But even if you look at it from a, even a you know like a cold KPI, so to speak, uh, for example, for every dollar that the government puts in the incubator uh, program you get about five to six dollars coming from the private sector so it's actually it's a good it's a good investment because it it's actually uh, starts this wheel that uh, attracts uh, uh, private capital into these companies for sure uh, so i would say that definitely uh the government is is important again depends where i would say that if you are you know a city that just started the government should be more uh, involved you know in the valley i guess less Right. But uh, yeah, but as I, as I mentioned, even in New York, the government is involved in, you know, uh, doing this collaboration in order to uh, uh, expand uh, or, or increase the level of startups and the expertise of the city uh, tech-wise. For sure. So I would say definitely has an important role. Gotcha.
0: I, I want to ask you this, because you talked about, uh, you know, uh, that uh, a lot of those advances fall under that department there in Israel. Is that why we see so many, like, you know, technological advances that come out of Israel across all industry sectors, because like there's like there's so many of them, it's like they're just so fascinating.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I, just to give you data to support what you're saying, sure. Israel is is considered to be the second largest hub uh, after the Silicon Valley in the world. Uh, we have the most, uh, the highest density of startups per capita. We have the highest venture capital per capita. Uh, and we're number three on, on NASDAQ after the U.S. and China. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have, we're only 9 million people, so right. uh, relatively smaller than these countries. Uh, I think, again, I, I'm not sure you, it's it's one thing. Definitely the government support uh, helps that. I think that um, there are other elements that are unique to Israel, such okay. as the army. Gotcha. Uh, that is, is kind of unique from both the... Uh, technological elements of the army, whether it's the very high level technological units, uh, all the way to the army culture, so to speak, which is uh, all about kind of completing the mission kind of culture, which you go out of the army with this mindset is very powerful when you implement it into a startup. So, uh, I guess there's all sorts of explanations how come it's, it's, it's successful, but it's working. So I think this kind of formula actually works well.
0: Absolutely. Um, Clearly it works.
1: Yeah, and I hope that uh, we will be able to maintain that uh, going forward as well.
0: For sure, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I, I want to ask you this as an angel investor and, and venture capitalist. You know, we, we recently talked to Mark Randolph. He's the co founder of Netflix a few months back, and mm-hmm. he talked about how, uh, in 97, when he first, you know, built Netflix, you know, it took six months to build a website and it just took a long time. Uh, and that was a time where a lot of, you know, often you could just write an idea on a napkin and get funding, but now he says that if he were able to build netflix today it would take them a weekend right and so i'm curious about you know because like we have all these advancements that's like super cheap But you can build a website super cheap you can uh, get a pay system payment system pretty pretty cheaply and stuff like that so I, i'm guess as a venture capitalist you know what are you looking for uh, when it comes to people pitching you ideas, do you already want to see that minimum viable product? Are you just interested in the idea? Cause I know we kind of talked about that a little bit as far as like, you know, show don't tell, but kind of dive deeper into that if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, sure. I think there are a few things that you look at as an investor, but, uh, so one of them is the team to start and everybody okay. talks about it, but it is really important. Fair enough. You want to make sure that the team is, uh, is there, you have the right talent with you. It's a, it's a ride. It's a tough ride in many cases. You want to make sure that uh, this uh, this marriage of you and the and the team and the entrepreneurs is is going, You know, it's a good match. Uh, so definitely, the team is important. Their passion, their exp- experience, etc. Um, then there is the product. Uh, and uh, when I look at companies, I usually try to look for some kind of a technological edge. Um, okay. So. You know, and it really depends on the vertical that you're after. Uh, definitely, in uh, you know, with digital health uh, and things that you have some kind of a research or academia research behind it. Uh, you know, AI um, uh, software algorithms that are unique. Uh, so, in many cases, even though, and, and it's not about the patent; it's about this uh, secret sauce behind the technology. Okay, uh, because. Because because of what you were saying, actually, that you, know, you can build an app in a weekend, you do want to have some kind of an advantage that will be based on not only on your you know, marketing capabilities on your, or, or on your uh, partnerships. You want to have something that will give you, I don't know, six, six months, a year, 18 months of advantage before uh, your competitor can actually uh, catch up with you. Uh, that also, when you have this competitor uh, competitive edge, it also increases the chances of you being bought by a large multinational because mm. they look at you know kind of build versus buy, uh, and they say, okay, if it's easy to build, we'll build it. But if you have something which is unique and they it'll t- they can build it, you know. I mean, Amazon, Google, Apple—they can do almost anything today. But if they say, okay, okay, it'll take us two two years to build it, we might as well buy the company. Definitely, if you have market traction and clients, et cetera, then again, it, it gives you an edge versus other uh, competitors uh, also in that perspective of, of, uh, of future exit or, or even IPO. So uh, definitely, the product is very important. And the third thing is the market. So you want to make sure that even if you have, sometimes you have uh, entrepreneurs coming with a really unique technology, but you don't really know what can you do with it. And, uh, and that's sometimes, it's you know, they came out with a really big thing, but, you know, there's no market for it or, you know, you know there's no application for it. So I think the third thing to look for is definitely a growing market. Um, if you can create like a new subcategory and, I, you know, I touch upon it in one of the chapters of the book, that's even better because you can become the category or the subcategory leader uh, because you kind of invented it, so to speak. Um, so definitely you want to, you want to see a growing market. You don't want the market to be too cluttered or, you know, a red ocean thing, but right. uh, something that you can actually, uh, make a real impact and take uh, the leadership. And, um, so again, I would say team product and market. And, you know, there are other things like the, 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 the sense of urgency and focus and things that you look within a company, but, you know, high level, I would say these are the main three things that, uh, probably most. Uh, uh, investors are looking
0: at. For sure. And and you you said something that reminded me of your third chapter in the second rule of chutzpah, dominate the market dominate the market category you're after or create a new one and then in that uh, that book is once again startup nation the unstoppable startup mastering israel secret rules of chutzpah once again that book is out today if you're listening to the replay on the podcast that link is there in the show notes for easy access all right startup nation so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break we got to pay some bills once again my name is dominic lawson and you're listening to the startup life This fresh coat of the Startup Life has been sprayed on nice and smooth by Wagner and the Flexo series of paint sprayers. Startup Nation, my wife decided she wanted to rehab her childhood home. The goal was to fix it up and invite a nice family to rent it out. We knew one of the biggest jobs we had to undertake was painting. However, from the walls, the cabinets, and even the siding outside, it was gonna be a big task. As entrepreneurs with a company to run, we knew this was gonna take up a lot of our time, which is why we decided to get a paint sprayer. And after much research, we decided to go with the sprayer from the Flexio series from Wagner. Startup Nation, these sprayers are top notch because of its flexibility to paint or stain walls, furniture, cabinets, and more. It's 10 times faster than using a paintbrush which was a big selling point for us. And you can paint or stain right from the can. It's also easy to clean in five minutes and being great for indoor and outdoor projects, a paint sprayer from the Flexio series clearly needs to be part of the arsenal in your garage. So if you're ready to stain your deck or like me, fill your daughter's request of a bubblegum pink room, up your game with a paint sprayer from the Flexio series by Wagner. Take it from me, your time will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Swanson Health. Startup Nation, Swanson Health has been producing quality vitamins and supplements, foods, healthy home and self-care products for over 50 years, since 1969. From the heart of America, Swanson Health carries over 20,000 wellness products at a great value. Pick up all of your favorite health products, plus discover new ones for your wellness routine, all while leaving money in your pocket. If you want to try any of Swanson Health's great products for yourself, use code STARTUP20 for 20% off at swanson.com. We have a link there in the show notes if you listen to the replay. This episode of The Startup Life is powered by Colony Spot. Startup Nation, with our economy in flux, there is a lot of mixed messaging out there. If there was ever a time to take control of the narrative and let your customers know that you are here to serve them, it's now. And that's why you have a friend in Colony Spark. Colony Spark is an omni channel marketing agency that believes in the power of community to ignite your business. They have helped companies across many industries with lead generation, revenue growth, and more to put them on the path to success. My guy Bill Murphy and his team are very good at what they do. How do I know this? Because not many SEO companies have the stamp of approval of being partnered with Google. Yes, that Google. So I want you to go to www.colonyspark.com forward slash startup to schedule a meeting today. In that meeting, you will review your current marketing activity, receive actionable advice on how to pivot and grow and ask any marketing questions you may have on navigating over the next few months. Look, Startup Nation, I know things may seem uncertain right now, but if you are looking for a business partner that can help light the way, go with Colony Spark, where they firmly believe in business helping business. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. I want to ask you something that's kind of going on uh, here in the States a little bit, because I know you were the CEO of Microsoft Networks Israel and Microsoft has come up uh, in the news lately as it refers to TikTok uh, here in the States. And it being kind of banned and Microsoft thinking about uh, purchasing the U.S. version of TikTok, kind of talk about, uh, you know, your comp, give some commentary on that situation. And wh- what's your insight? What are you thinking about that whole deal? If you don't mind me asking.
1: Uh, sure. I, I think, you know, uh, um, in a way, most large companies, when you look at them are coming actually from the US. Okay. So whether it's, you know, uh, whether it's uh, Uber or, you know, uh, Airbnb, or, uh, you know, obviously Microsoft and Apple. And these kind of companies. Right. And also applications like WhatsApp or Instagram and things like that. Uh, we have, you know, Israel Waze came from Israel, but Google bought it. So it's, right. it became a Google company. Uh, <laughs> I love the Waze so I think app, by that, uh, that app. in a way
0: these, sorry, I was saying, I'm sorry. I love the Waze app. I was just saying, I love that app, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm okay, you <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, I think that in a way that the fact that you
1: have like a non-US, uh, Mark kind of application which right. is a kind of b2c application it's a consumer application that wasn't born in the u.s is relatively uh, uh a unique thing Absolutely. And, and and again there are others but they are you know they may be bought by the u.s or they are from the western world like you know spotify or things like that that came from europe but uh but it's, it's a unique situation. In fact, it comes from China, China actually makes it a whole more complicated, you know, politically and all right, that. Exactly. Um, so, uh, having said that, I think that, you know, whenever an application is, 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 succeeds, uh, in such a massive way, all the other companies are saying, you know, what, what is it that, what is what's what did they get right? you know how did they make it so successful because obviously there's millions of applications, and only you know a handful of them are so successful, so you really want to know what what was there and the fact that you say you know I don't want to envelop, reinvent the wheel if I can kind of uh just adopt whatever it is, including the brand and the users, and just make a local adaptation for that, I think that's a fair uh, approach you know you don't necessarily Need to start something from scratch and start copying and going all sorts of IP and copyrights or whatever, and say you know I'll 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 take the 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 local version for that, uh, which I think is a fair approach, um, and uh, I think I believe that as the time goes by, more and more companies will actually come up uh, from outside the U.S. as 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 the high tech is actually um you know growing around the world it's not just about Israel, Europe or it's, it's China it's the Southeast Asia it's Latin America it's it's everywhere today you you find really interesting companies that are taking leadership in, in, in various categories. So I think that uh, it's a it's a fair approach and uh, I think we will actually see it more and more and as as, as we move forward.
0: I, I want to ask you this really quickly uh, because I, I came across an article. Uh, in uh, Globes. And it's talking about bringing Israel's Arabs into the startup nation. Uh, and, and it mm-hmm. talks about a new plan that aims to break down barriers to young Israeli Arabs playing their full part in Israel's tech industry. I guess I want to ask you this because I know the climate there uh, uh, in Israel can be contentious uh, at times. Right. And, and so I, I, I'm curious if you've seen or can you speak to like successful startups in Israel where it has uh, people uh, from all across the spectrum, all different backgrounds that have been proven successful there in Israel.
1: Yeah. So I, I I'm privileged to be on the board and on the investment committee of uh, impact fund that called um, uh, in Israel mm-hmm. that is uh, focusing on um um, Israeli-Arab uh, entrepreneurs called Taquin. Gotcha. Taquin is actually Genesis in Arabic. Um, uh, it's a, it's kind of a... The, it's Hemi Perez from Pitango, Erel Margalit from JVP, and Imad uh, Telhami, who is a great uh, Arab entrepreneur. Uh, we founded this uh, Impact Fund, and we only invest in Israeli-Arab entrepreneurs Entrepreneurs, in order to kind of close this gap between the Israeli Arabs and and, and the Jewish population For in sure. Israel, right? Uh, and uh, it's quite amazing to see how much, uh, um, you know, ha- in a way, how much it's it's disconnected on one end, but there's so much uh, to do together. And it's quite amazing to see that once you have these team works together, it's it's a non-issue. You know, It's right. sometimes this you know, pol- politicians makes makes an issue out of that. Mm. But when you come to the people, they just work together and they they don't care if you're an Arab or if you're a Russian, or if you came from Russia or if you came from wherever, uh, if you're a Jewish or a Muslim. Uh, and there are some really, really interesting companies uh, in this portfolio uh, that are run by, uh, by Israeli Arabs. And so I think that this gap that exists, unfortunately, uh, needs to be closed, and uh, such uh, such funds as the Queen is uh, is one example to do that. Uh, coming back to the government support, by the way, there is also sure. programs that support uh, is- uh, uh, Israeli Arab uh, entrepreneurs um, uh, financially as well. Um, and um, and I think now with the Emirates uh, kind of a normalization uh, agreement that's coming to place, I'm a big believer that through Uh, collaboration on the economy, but specifically on high-tech, a lot of bridges could be built that are overcoming all sorts of political issues. Absolutely. Uh, So it's definitely something that I'm a big believer in. I'm working at it. And uh, I hope that uh, um, more and more we will see more and more uh, uh, Arab entrepreneurs as part of the Israeli startup nation
0: for sure. And I'm I'm glad you said that. I'm so glad you're doing uh that work because that's something I've 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 been interested in. That's something that uh that's important to me to have uh that that type of unity and, and to kind of see it, you know, uh even at the startup level to where there's an example of it. Hopefully that can kind of reverberate uh you know, you know uh and be long-standing. So I appreciate uh what you're doing and that uh that uh, what you uh answered for sure. Thank you. No worries. No worries. Uh, once again, Startup Nation, we're actually wrapping up with Yuri uh, Adoni, the author of the Unstoppable Startup. Uh, I want to ask you this, man. Tell me about your father a little bit, because you you kind of dedicated the book to him. Tell me about your dad a little bit.
1: Uh, sure, uh, my dad passed away a right. few years back. Right. Uh, he was a Microdosis, doctor, an MD, uh, and uh, worked uh, you know um, in, in hospitals uh, throughout his his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think one of the interesting things uh, that I kind of grew up with was his uh, passion for innovation and uh, his unconventional way of thinking. And uh, right. he was one of the first, uh, you know, doctors in Israel to start working with ultrasound. Uh, he was al- always kind of uh, pushing new technologies into the medical uh, sphere and uh, to the to his uh, departments in the in the hospital. Um, uh, and on, in that perspective, kind of, uh, I, I guess I got it from home, so I didn't become an MD, but I definitely, uh, uh, adopted a lot of the, uh, kind of the mindset again, of kind of pushing things forward to adopt new technologies, to look at things from a different angle and not necessarily always look in the path that the other people have, have kind of made and say, okay, you know, that's, that's, that's how things have been. This is how they should be right. uh, actually on the other way around. The fact that it has been like that doesn't mean that it doesn't have to change and we don't have to challenge that. Uh, and I think that's a lot of, uh, again, the book is actually a lot about that. Uh, and I think uh, again, this mindset uh, that I kind of portrayed throughout the book, a lot of it, I kind of uh, got from home in a way and, right. uh, uh, and from my father. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that and other things, obviously. For sure. Uh, that he gave
0: me. For sure. No, I, I and when I read the, uh, you know, the dedication to your dad, I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, it's, it's a mindset that's uh, so important in the entrepreneurial uh, mindset in the startup culture. And it seems like it's had a profound uh, impact on you and your career and stuff like that. So I appreciate you sharing that with the audience uh, about your dad sure. and what he's taught you and stuff like that. So I appreciate that. Sure. It's my pleasure. No worries. No worries. So I want to ask you this, man, what's your entrepreneur superpower and why
1: enable and to look beyond the existing boundaries gotcha. and existing reality and imagine that things could work differently. And there are better solutions for things that we think uh, that's, you know, that's how the world uh, works. And so this, uh, I think that would be it.
0: <laughs> Got you. No, that's for sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And before I ask the last question, I just wanted to say once again, thank you so much for uh coming on the show. We really appreciate you coming on uh, the Startup Life and once again Startup Nation. Uh that book is The Unstoppable Startup: Mastering Israel's Secret Rules of Hutzpah. That book is out today and you can check the link in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay. On the podcast. So, you know, you're given everything that's going on. There's a lot of startup founders. There's a lot of people who feel kind of discouraged with, you know, with COVID-19, the pandemic and, and just everything else in between. If you would, good sir, just give us some words of encouragement to take us out for today.
1: Um. First of all, when you look at the numbers, uh, it's actually quite encouraging. The, if you look at the Q2 numbers of uh, 2020 versus Q2 numbers of 2019 in terms of investment globally, uh, it's not it's not that far behind. In Israel, actually, it's higher than last year. Uh, so there's a lot of investment going on. Uh, having said that, one should look into the numbers because sometimes... You see that there are bias, whether it's investment in you know more late-stage companies, whether it's the VCs investing in their own portfolio rather in new companies, but definitely the high-tech train is still in you know in high speed and it, haven't, it hasn't stopped, and I don't think it will. Uh, moreover, I think like any crisis, uh, there is uh, definitely opportunities when you look at companies that uh, were born after the 2008. Uh, whether it's um, you know Uber and Groupon and, uh, and and others that were like literally started after the 2008 uh, crisis, uh, there are real opportunities, and it's not just a, it's not just a slogan. It, it's true because, you know, uh, whether it's in educational technology, whether it's in deliveries and, and logistics, whether it's in healthcare and telemedicine, whether it's in all sorts of things that are happening now in the world, and even when the vaccine will will come, and hopefully it will be soon, uh, the world will not be the same as it was, you know, pre-COVID. Things will change, uh, and I think that in almost any aspect that you can think of, uh, there will be all sorts of adaptations and, uh, and new ways of behavior that, that would require new technologies and new solutions. And so I think that any good entrepreneur that kind of uh, can foresee in a way or can ha- have a good hypothesis of where the world is going, uh, should start thinking about or you know, directing uh, their, their company and their startup to this kind of a solution uh, that will be needed in a year or two years from now. Uh, and, uh, and again, I think it's, it's true to any startup, anytime, but I think definitely in, in, in crisis times like now, there are opportunities. Uh, you have to be very honest and I would say brutally honest with yourself if you have a startup to make sure that it's, it's actually still relevant. And if needed, make the right changes and the adaptations or even pivot if needed. If, you know, if the world moved too much and, the, and your startup is not no longer uh, valid, you should make sure to adapt yourself to the new situation. But also, you know, make sure you actually go after these opportunities because they're there. Uh, and um, and I think that for any entrepreneur, uh, this, is, this could be a great time to... Um, to either start a company or uh, kind of um, direct your company to the future needs that this time is actually uh, bringing and to the new behaviors uh, whether it's consumer or companies or you know businesses uh, and and I'm sure that there are a lot of them and again it can be in in prop prop tech you know property technologies it can be in in, in uh, telemedicine it can be a digital health it can be an AI it can be in in, in finance, it can be in anything, uh, and so um, and so. I would really believe, and, I, and maybe it's because I'm an optimistic person by nature. But I think any entrepreneur should be. Uh, I think that you should uh, definitely look at, you know, kind of focus on a, an hypothesis that you truly believe in and passionate about, and uh, and go forward with it because there the world will need many new solutions, many new technologies and many new ideas, uh, that this, uh, kind of era will, uh, uh, will, will kind of bring with it. And so, uh, bringing these solutions, uh, is a great
0: opportunity. For sure. Awesome stuff. And that's going to wrap up this session of the startup life. We want to thank Yuri Adoni for coming on the show. Thank you so much, my man.
1: Thank you, Dominique. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: No worries. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Play.